Almost 30 with Krista Williams and Lindsay Simpson. Each week, we catch up with Krista and Lindsay to hear what's happening now, what hilariousness happened then, and to ask, is it Almost 30? What's up, Almost 30 Nation? It's Lindsay. Can't wait for you to listen to this episode, but first, a word from our sponsors. Hi, friends. Hey, y'all. Friends of Almost 30. Hello. Um, we're so glad you're back. Thank you for subscribing, rating, rating. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for rating today, rating y'all. And Jesus Christ. Thanks for subscribing, raping. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. Everyone loves a little good rape, rape joke. joke. Okay. <laughs> Where this episode's rad. This is a good one. Do you guys remember? I think it was our third episode. We had Jen Glance, bridesmaid for hire, on, and we got deep about weddings, engagements, going for your dreams, doing something that no one else is doing, basically like following your passion. So we have Jen Glance on again, and this time we have her boyfriend on, Adam, who we love so much. So Jen Glance, bridesmaid for hire, she was the one that put a Craigslist ad up to be a professional bridesmaid, and it went viral. And now that's her business, to be a professional bridesmaid. So she's traveling the world. She wrote a book. On being a professional bridesmaid, she talks about like the hilarious stories of being at people's strangers' weddings, kind of like the sad stories, the crazy stories, but also the really happy stories. Mm-hmm. So we talked to her about that. We also talked to Adam, her boyfriend, about what it's like to date someone that's been so public. And he's just so damn cool and the cute best. and so nice. And like we were in the room with them, obviously, and just like looking at them, look at each other. I was like, so Man, cute. Love it. Yeah. It was just a good energy. We we know you'll love this one. It's going to be good for you to catch up with Jen if you can go back to that episode, episode listen. 3, mm-hmm. listen up, but Yeah, and just know too. So we did this in um their hotel room. So we were in Jen and Adam's hotel room, the Kinney in Venice, but um so the sound is isn't our best. Steve wasn't there unfortunately, making us sound like smooth butter babies. <laughs> but we'll hope you'll stay with us because there's really, really great, great nuggets in there. Yeah. All right, y'all. Enjoy. Enjoy. Hey, guys. Welcome back. Welcome to Almost 30. Almost 30 podcasts. We're so happy you're here. Today, we're podcasting live from this baller hotel. In Venice Beach. In Venice Beach. Yeah. It's it's so nice. It's Artsy. the Kinney, and it's, like, really hipster and cool, and we're so excited because we have our number one favorite guest that we've ever had back on again, Jen Glantz. From the early you. days. From the early days when we were Literally crying our on podcasts. Third episode. Second I, episode? Third mm-hmm. episode? I'm so glad to be back on the show. This is my favorite podcast in the entire it universe. Be. It really is. It's the only one that oh I can actually relate to. <laughs> That's what we like to hear. People ask us all the time. They're like, what are you going to do when you're 30 about the name? Oh. We get that all the time. What are you going like, to do? Not change it. It's still Jesus. good. I'm like, what are you going to do? Yeah. Like, it's actually just a metaphor. I, it literally <laughs> is. I'm like, Don't take it so seriously. But I do wonder if it like limits our... All right, we'll talk about it on the next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. It's a great name. Um, whenever I had people listen to like Almost 30, when I was like, guys, like listen to Almost 30, this is what we're about. I was like, listen to the Jaglance one. Oh my God, that is yeah. so sweet. It was like oh, a good mix of like funny and like 
real uh, and deep and relevant and like mm-hmm. thank you no I think all your episodes are awesome and you learn I learned so much from each of them I'm laughing I'm crying I'm you rethinking my life words. yeah <laughs> this is like awesome I show. didn't know a condom was could get stuck up there <laughs> you learn something new every day I'm almost 30 <laughs> oh that's the best and we also have Adam Woo! yeah we gotta have to top that last one now. yeah I feel yeah. like that was one of the best ones yeah though. we should if you haven't Listen to the episode, you should, because we like bawled over Adam. The Adam story. We were like, none of that. It was amazing. Yeah. I wanted to stay out of this at all costs and not even talk about it. Now you're on it. Adam is is dating Jen, so he's dating the lovely Jen of Bridesmaid for Hire, Things I Learned From. She has two books on Amazon. She's the bomb dig. So they've been dating for like nine Nine months months? now. I'd say ten. Ten. (laughs) But I'm not really kidding. Yeah. (laughs) Ten exactly. Um, So they haven't done a a Valentine's Day yet, so we were just talking about that. But I knew Adam first and then obviously met... Jen, so listen back to the third. You can figure out who Jen is and who mm. Adam is. And we wanted to catch up with Jen about, first of all, your book being yes. out. It's I want to talk about like writing a book, yeah. being on a book tour. Yes. Um, but I guess just if people don't listen to three, like a little bit about who you are sure. and what you do. Cool. So um, my life story is I started to blog in 2011 because I had no idea what to do with my life. Before blogging was cool. Before blogging was so cool. Jealous. I, I mean, mm. I did it because I didn't know what to do with my life or, um, you know, really how I was going to get paid to write. So I like, just I was drinking because I didn't know what to do with my life. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? You I'm probably blogging. did better off that way because I just wrote publicly about the mess of my life and it's still available for people to read. So that's, that's even <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more embarrassing. And one of the things I wrote about was being a bridesmaid for my friends. I was always the bridesmaid for my friends so many times when I was in my early 20s. Uh, and that led me to start a business where strangers hired me to be their bridesmaid. Fast forward two years and I wrote an entire book about the crazy things I learned as a hired bridesmaid. It's called Always a Bridesmaid for Hire. It's crazy. And we had you, wait, I forgot to tell you, she worked at my friend's wedding. Oh, and Yeah. Wait, how was that? What, it was where amazing. were you? It was uh, in Chicago, and it was so cool. Um, you know, and it's it's been such an adventure getting to travel to all different places and meet such amazing people. Some weddings are less stressful than others. Uh, that wedding was awesome, but you know, since then I've worked some that are gigantic headaches and the most crazy things happen on the job. Do you think people read the book and are like, "Oh my god, that's my fucking wedding"? I have done a <laughs> what great do job that? changing names and identifying details so that mm-hmm. people can't place it together because okay. I don't want to expose anybody. Because I would read it and look for my wedding. Yeah, you'd be like, "Oh, the purple dresses." <laughs> yeah, and be like beautiful bride. This yeah. could be me. <laughs> I mean, I changed everyone's. Names, even my own friends and just everyone except for my parents and my roommate because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And, totally. You know, it's more about making myself look bad than anybody else. Totally, yeah. Like being self-deprecating yeah. in that way. And I mean, that's like, that's good enough. I don't want to ruin anyone else's lives just because of my book. But all the stories aren't bad. You have good stories no. too. Yeah, no, the stories that's are, true. that's a really great point. Uh, the stories We're glad you're here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're not negative stories. They're um they're you know different different levels of funny and emotional and all of them have a positive spin in the end. So you're right. Yeah, but it's not just about weddings as well. You are so right. <laughs> and I haven't even I, let Adam almost read the book. <laughs> I haven't even let him read 
read the book yet. So then <laughs> you have not. Straight. Shut up. I no. Can't. Wait. It has to be perfect before. What does I that get mean? I want him and everyone to read it when it comes out. So I've been hiding it from my friends, my family, my own boyfriend. Yeah. Um, just because I just I'm so terrified for the world to read it. It's it's literally pieces of my heart strung together oh, in yeah. words and. I want him to read it, but not until it's, like, perfect in a beautiful printed book. Because the versions that you have right now are not um, perfect. They're, they're not. not. They oh. have errors and, um, you know, things are not spelled correctly. And So even though it's um, coming out in a month. Yeah. We're, we're working hard to fix those <laughs> yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> Pre-order it now. <laughs> and you're like, thanks for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, so the book tour has not started? No. Right. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So the book comes out February 7th, and then I hope yeah. to go to um, some of my favorite places, like Boca Raton, Florida where my friends and family yeah. and grandparents are to read the book out loud to them there. Oh my gosh. What were your grandparents saying? I luckily, well, luckily my grandparents are deceased. So I <laughs> I am very happy. Yeah. <laughs> but everyone else's grandparents will certainly love the stories in there about searching for love and not being able to find it. And luckily I have a boyfriend or else I'm sure they would set me up with their lovely Jewish Oh my gosh, was that annoying? Like when you were the bridesmaid for hired and you were single? Beyond. Everyone thinks they have someone awesome to set you Mm. up with and then you meet that awesome person and you're like, that's what you think of me? Dude, totally. Yeah, I had had a cousin of mine set me up with another cousin of mine. Like he was a, yeah, he was a third cousin. But still, like we're cousins. We share relatives and Thanksgiving and like. DNA sort of. Right. It's like there's nobody else in the world you could have set me up with and you wanted me to go out with a third cousin. I used to think I could marry my cousin, so like I get it. Right. Did you like him? Oh my god, I was like, I'm in love with you. Oh my god, I love that so much. <laughs> Literally. I still got a man, I tell him. I told him on FaceTime the other day, I was like, you look so handsome. No Pat. way. <laughs> oh my god. I was like, I should so let that go. <laughs> yeah, you're like, me and Pat will never be. Yeah. You'll have to find another Pat that's not Boy, that's a so relative. Funny. But yeah, I was like, okay, there's nobody else in the world for me except my third cousin. And that's mm. what I truly believed for a while. That is, and I feel like too, I, it's funny because last time I saw you guys, I was realized when I was talking to you, like, I was like, when are you, I didn't mean to say it, but in so many words, I said, basically, like, what are your guys' thoughts on getting married or, like, mm-hmm. down the future? And it's interesting because a normal couple, I would never ask you that, but yeah. because of the profession that you're in, I asked you that. And yeah. I, like, think about that, and I think about how I don't like to ask people that because it's rude and it's none of my business and it's boring to ask. But, like, I, so. I thought about that with you, like how people probably ask you that kind of stuff all the time. Oh, yeah. I mean, when I was single, people were like, what are you going to do when you find the right person? Like, will you stop writing? Will you stop being a bridesmaid? I was like, none of that relates to anything. Like, I've written Mm -hmm. publicly about my life for years, never just about dating. And if I get married with kids, why couldn't I still be a bridesmaid for hire? Like, I've seen bridesmaids who are 60 years old. So Mm -hmm. why does that matter? Um, But, I I mean, I love talking about what I would like marriage and what I think my wedding would be, you know. And Mm. I I don't think there's anything, like, weird about that. I think most couples, like, talk about that. And some couples don't until, like, three, four years. And some couples, like us, talk about it, like, day two, you know. Um, (laughs) Yeah, like, what what just happens. Yeah, like, what was it the circumstances that made you talk about it because she's in that business? Or was it just, like, the way you guys are? Yeah, Yeah. just came natural. Yeah, I think it would, I don't know. You guys are both such lovers. Mm -hmm. Like, you're so open and, like, you know. Yeah. It's fun to go there. 
I think it is. It's yeah. so fun to go there. <laughs> Can we talk to you about that? Like, so what is it like for you to date someone that is so open about their previous dating experiences? I was worried going into it. And yeah. I think I told you this before, but I thought it was sort of her shtick mm. to be single because mm. she wrote so much 100%. about it. There were so many stories. It's funnier and... to be single. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it really it's is. Honestly, it's like you're happy. Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> it's so true. Someone the other day was like, maybe you shouldn't be so open about the fact that you have a boyfriend and you're happy. I'm like, oh no, like I'm thrilled that I'm open yeah. about yes. it, you know? All right. You were posting about me on social media before I was even posting about you on yeah. my own accounts, which is so funny thrilled. that that's a big deal mm-hmm. today, right? To share a photo of someone mm-hmm. online uh, on your own personal profile that yeah. makes it official because no that one does the whole interrelationship thing on Facebook mm-hmm. as much anymore. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I was I was worried that it was her shtick and that was sort of just what she always accepted as true norm. And it being normal, it would you know be what she would sort of fall back on. Um, if we ever ran into any issues and if we had any hard times, uh, that would be, uh, more or less her, her level of comfort, mm-hmm. but no, we've come a long way in the last mm-hmm. 10 months and she's pushed me and I pushed her and, and, uh, this has been one hell of a relationship and run that we've been on. Yeah. How do you guys push each other? Mm. Um, well, Adam makes me a more positive person. I think that I can be... Mm-hmm. Not negative, but I can definitely, you know, really just run away with not so positive thoughts. So he makes me see the positive in every situation. And he makes me feel happy about, like, who I am. He never tries to change me. And I think a lot of people in the past were always like, I don't like this, this, or this about you, so maybe change it. Mm. Um, And I think that he doesn't try to change me. He makes me, cliche to say, but like a better person, but without me realizing it and without him force-feeding me that, you know, Mm. which I think is really interesting because – it's cool to be with someone who makes you a better person, but you don't want to be with someone who is forcing you to be a better totally. person. And I never thought that I would meet someone who who made me a better person. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. so cliche to, to say, but I really have seen a change in just how I treat other people mm-hmm. and, um, you know, just how I wake up in the morning and appreciate life mm-hmm. more. No one loves life more than Adam. He loves <laughs> life. He has a shirt that even says it. You do not. Yeah. yeah. It says, I love life. I have it in my, uh, my luggage. <laughs> I brought it. I should be wearing it right you now. You should be. Yes. Yeah. You should change it. I live almost 30. <laughs> Check out the apparel store. How has she soon. helped you? Uh, she doesn't put up with my BS and I think that's more or less me uh, doubting myself mm. so I have those moments where I doubt myself and I think we all have uh, mm. similar feelings and since we are so open with each other um, you know she nips it in the butt before it starts to get out of control in my head um, and gets me back on the right track so yeah she's really uh, a big driver and uh, a big motivator in my life uh, she's inspiring for so many reasons, mm-hmm. as you can probably understand. Uh, but she's an amazing, uh, I don't know, yeah, not a coach, but partner in uh, everything that I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn, nice round two of tears. Here we go. Wow. <laughs> uh, I'm bringing it. No, that's amazing. That is really lovely. I love that. It is nice to know two people that are, like, doing their own thing, like, you following your own path. Like, I'm sure you, like, just following your intuition, creating your own path, like, pursuing your dream like I'm sure that has inspired you yeah a ton I mean just to see it every day that it's possible Mm -hmm. um it's in front of me and and she's practicing everything that she preaches Mm -hmm. and 
um, to see that, uh, it, like I said, it's possible is, is, is half of, you know, getting into it and, mm-hmm. and, and going for it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it limits the fears of uh, jumping into it because I got a great role model that mm-hmm. can help me through the process as well. But I don't think it's that easy. Like, I don't think that I would be functioning throughout everything if I didn't have people in my life who made it, like, a lot easier. Because I think people will look at success or look at someone doing their own thing and be like, wow, that's awesome, good for that person. But that person doing it is going through their own version of hell, dealing with figuring out how to make money and keeping it going. And I think it's a lot more messy than it seems on paper and Mm -hmm. in pictures on Instagram. And I think that if I didn't have someone like Adam who constantly supports me and um, finds ways to to push me to, you know, just do different things, I don't think I would function very well. Mm -hmm. I don't think I would have gotten through 2016 without him. So I think even though we look at the one person who is running a business or who's successful – we never really look at the people behind them that make them like that way or that keep them functioning. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people who are successful or who get to where they want to get to, there was many times when they could have just given up and, you know, like crawled into bed and never gotten out again. And it's probably because there was people in their lives who helped them. And no one ever talks about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't do much. She's you did. tough. She deserves all the credit I for don't. everything that she does. <laughs> Yes. Before you met Adam, like, was there a time where you were nervous, like hesitating, entering any relationship because you were that it would take away from pursuing your career and like Mm -hmm. making things happen? I like, I find that challenging Mm -hmm. for me. Yeah, I definitely did. And, um, you know, I definitely dated people who I, I dated someone once who said to me, me or your career and he made it very clear that I could only choose one mm. um and you know it was in a moment like that where I realized this is the wrong person and I did fear that if I ever met someone and gave my full self to them that I wouldn't have time for my career and that was definitely a big fear but then when I think when you meet the right person you forget about that like yeah. I don't even think it ever occurred to me like oh my god I'm spending too much time with you know, Adam, I'm not doing my work. It was almost like, I can't wait to see Adam. I'm going to figure out how to do more of my work so that I can see him. Mm-hmm. Um, and also when you have that like happiness in your life of like new love developing, like I think that you function even more and you're mm-hmm. more motivated and inspired because you're not chasing something. And, but I definitely did fear that that would happen. And I, and I don't think it did. I think when you're with the wrong person, you start to think to yourself, mm-hmm. shit, you know, mm-hmm. I have to make a decision and I can't do both because you're juggling a chaotic relationship and a chaotic job. Mm-hmm. I think something that we say to each other a lot is that it was easy at, yeah. at first and it, it still feels easy right now. Um, and hopefully that made you feel so comfortable as far as doing everything that you wanted to do, but obviously not. Um, yeah. I think there's like the train of thought and I haven't been married, you know, I yeah. haven't been with Justin for 30 years, but like, People are like, oh, relationships are work and relationships are challenging. And I do feel like that that is probably true to that that I don't know about now. But I know that nothing has been easier than being with Justin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You know what I mean? In yeah. my life. I yeah. think mm-hmm. that that easiness is something you don't have until you finally have it. Like, mm-hmm. if you would have said to me, oh, you'll meet someone and it'll be easy, I would have laughed in your face. Mm-hmm. I would have said, no, relationships are like wars they're just like they're chaotic there's always yelling Mm -hmm. I don't think I would have ever understood the easiness until you enter that relationship where 
you're not playing games, you're not waiting for a person to text you, you're, yeah. you're communicating. Mm-hmm. And I think that that easiness is something that is just, it's like really rare. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's I never right. thought we, I would get that. We define our relationship as being easy, but I don't think I'm an easy person. You I'm the most difficult person in the world. Person is just <laughs> you guys are actually batshit crazy. I know. <laughs> I, have, I have no idea what you're. I know. About. Literally, I think that I'm the. I think the worst. No, I really think that I am very difficult. How? No, I because I am so stubborn. I don't listen to a thing someone tells me to do. I think that I. Everyone has their like thing. Yeah. I think that I am like one of the hardest people to deal with. Mm-hmm. And I really, I don't, story. I always thought to myself, no, no one could ever deal with me. I really was convinced mm-hmm. that I would never find someone because I was just too much of like a basket mm-hmm. case mess. That is like, not even. It's just an easy. Mm-hmm. Would he say the same about you? <laughs> <laughs> Can we call him? I want to know. Really, Jesse would say. It's easy if I'm doing exactly what she wants me to do. <laughs> Every guy's perfect. He's like, oh yeah, if I follow the rules and I wear my leash, <laughs> it's real easy. <laughs> Adam would say the same um, thing too. I would. I know. Yeah, I guess everyone thinks they're like everyone's in their head and they think they're like challenging. Yeah. You know what I mean? I really think I am. I don't know. Do you think I'm challenging? You could be honest. No, in moments you can Thank be. You. And you are. Thank and you. Thank you. That was the point I was trying to make. I think it's so it, the relationship is easy in some ways you're not easy i'm not easy in so many ways too That's but we true. know and love each other so much that it, it we understand how to get through those times and we forget about them we move on and as we go through um other not so easy moments yeah. they are just uh, i don't know they're nothing mm-hmm. they don't take much out of us at all some days you yeah. count us on a good day <laughs> no. That's not even true. Dr. Phil's actually in the hall. Yeah, right he's now. like banging on the door. <laughs> no, it has been easy. I mean, I can't even. I think we've been together 10 months and I, I can't even fill up a hand of how many fights we've had. And I think mm. the fights we've had have been me just being me and not about anything like substantial, mm-hmm. really. I know there's like, yeah. So I was thinking about that with dating. It's like, how much has healthy fighting you yeah know? like I don't know I guess everyone's different I think about that too a lot with like relationships like for me it's like if you agree with everything that I say we're gonna get along swimmingly right and we will like do really well but then you don't want someone to agree with everything you say because you want someone to push you but right. like how much fighting is good fighting to change you you know what I mean like, yeah how much should you be changed and how much should you stay the same that's a tough one. I mean, I think that there's like degrees of fighting. Like there's fighting when you're not listening to each other speak so and you're just screaming at so each other. True. Then there's fighting where it's like you're just really passionate about what you're saying and you talk really mm. loudly and then the other person listens and responds really loudly and that's probably the good kind of fighting. And I think that's what we have sometimes when I'm really passionate, I'll say, you know, try this, do this, blah, blah, blah. And then you'll respond like that and we, we figure it out. Yeah. But I've had the fighting where it's like you're screaming at a literal wall and they're screaming back at a wall and no one's listening. And then it just evolves into like, you know, pure chaos, mm-hmm. which is just so unhealthy because you sh- I mean, 
I've had moments where I'm like standing outside my apartment building screaming at the top of my lungs and crying on the phone to a guy and that's like not me not you but like yeah, not you, obviously. what kind of fighting is that that's yeah. just like you've lost your mind publicly totally. I, I, I think uh, we hold each other accountable yeah uh, we know each other super well and we're true to ourselves yeah. and I know what I'm gonna get with Jen and she knows what she's gonna get with me and I think that's the most important thing I think when you begin to act out of character act out of you know per, your, your own person mm-hmm. um, there's something wrong there mm-hmm. and that's what will lead to those moments where you start to become someone that yeah you're not yourself you're a monster a monster which yeah how is like your <clears throat> finding Adam helped you deal with brides on their day maybe mm-hmm. deal with the process mm-hmm. have you seen like yes, have you that. seen relation relationships? That have just been shockingly unstable and yeah. they're months away from their wedding. Oh, yeah. I yeah, did a wedding like... in August <clears throat> where um, five minutes before she walks down the aisle, she pulls me in a room to tell me that she hates the groom and she doesn't want to do this. And I was, like, shaking. My whole body was shaking. Yeah. And, you know, we sat down. We talked about it. And she ended up going through with it just because she had 300 guests waiting for her, half of them from Africa, and she couldn't really pull out. But... Yeah, I I mean, I see people, and I write about this a lot in the book, is I see people get married for reasons other than love all of the time. Like, I've had other brides sit me down and say, he's not the one, but he's someone, and I want to just get married. Um, And I think having a lot of these negative experiences with people getting married for things other than love have really shown me that I don't ever want to be in that position, you know? And I think it really has helped me understand love and relationships better and um, on the positive side, I've had brides teach me what love really is, which I think is just finding someone who can put up with you and you put up with them. <laughs> I think it's less about fireworks and more about someone who puts up with you, understands you, and you them, and you're cool with that. Like, I think that's the simple definition of, of real love. Mm-hmm. And I would never have learned that if not for the weddings and in dealing with brides. You went to a lot of weddings before you became mm. the professional bride. Yeah. Were you able to see this? before you were on the other side. I think we yeah. all go to so many weddings, and you can sort of tell mm-hmm. when it's right or wrong. Hey, Adam, we ask the questions here. Adam, cough up. Joining 30 under 30. I was like, I'm so obsessed with that. Yeah, we're just going to sleep. No, you know when it's right or wrong, yes, right? Totally. Even when you're on the other side. 100%. Yeah, so you're counseling, but everyone at that wedding could probably tell something was off. I'm obsessed with your blonde patch on your beard. <laughs> He's got not, a couple of them. Is that new? It's been since I've been dating Jen. He wants a gray patch so bad. Yeah, my hair. He wants gray well, hair wants so gray bad. Hair. He's not even 30 and he wants gray you hair. You want it? Yeah. You'll get older. I'm You'll get it. Sure. Yeah. You'll get it. I don't get why he wants that right now. He's got yeah. years It's cool, that. though. It's cool. Yeah. yeah right? <laughs> it's it's like in... Enough about me. Let's go back to <laughs> to answer your question, Adam, <laughs> um, yeah, I think when people go to weddings, they they get it. Like you guys go to weddings, and I'm sure you're like, these people are never gonna work out. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes friends do. You do. What, what what about if you have a friend that you know they're not right? Yeah. When you mm-hmm. step in, how do you step in? Have you ever done that before? Yeah, because you know. Yeah, I had a situation happen recently that was like that. And it's weird because, like, now they're doing really well. Like, every single person, like, on the day was, like, came up to me. Like, they're like, is this really happening? Like, the dad was like, if you want to leave, we can leave. Wow. Like, it was just, like, and now it's they're, like, fine. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't. Yeah, so I struggled that whole time about thinking, do I say something? 
do I step in, blah, 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 but it's not really my journey and it's not really my path and I don't want to like, maybe it's taking the easy way out. It probably is to not say anything, but like for me to say something would like, especially for this person, they're very influenced. So if I said something, they probably would have done something based on what I said and I don't really want to like put my opinion on someone else's path. Right. I don't think it's worth saying anything because no one's going to listen to you anyway. 100%. That's the thing. Like, you know when you're growing up and you're, like, trying to give your friends advice about guys and you're like, don't date him. Totally. They're going to date him. Like, totally. it doesn't even matter if you're like, don't marry him. They're going to do it. Yeah, 100%. So it's almost like it's not your journey. What did you place. say to that woman that was like, I hate him? I was like, and her maid of honor was, like, banging on the door. Like, you need to just do this. And I was like, listen, like, you don't have to do this. I'll call us an Uber. We'll get pizza. Like, you don't have to go through with right. this. So I locked her and the groom in a room for 10 minutes, and I was like, talk it out with him. Whatever you decide afterward, we'll go with it. And after 10 minutes, she came out, and she was like, I still hate him. I don't want to do this, but I'm going to just do it anyway. So Was there something that happened? Yeah, it was so weird. So when I, when I met them on the day, I was like, okay, there's something odd here. But so you whatever. meet them on the day? Yeah, oftentimes I don't meet them in person until then. So when I met them, I was like, okay, something's oh. weird here. And then she said to me that he, some girl showed up at the wedding who he said he wasn't inviting and she was there. So when the bride saw the girl there, she flipped. And I don't know who that girl was or what the situation was, but whatever it was, she just switched and was like, I hate him. I don't want to do this. Um, and it was ironic because the whole day spiraled out of control. So yeah. it was an outdoor wedding and it rained and their cake fell on the floor. <gasps> So it was like everything was slowly like going wrong that could go wrong. And when I finally left that night, the best man chased after me and he's like, I just want to thank you so much for making them go through with this. And I was like, no, 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 no. I didn't do anything. If anything, I tried to make her not do it. Uh-huh. So please like don't thank me for that, right. you know? But it was just so odd how her closest friends were trying to force her into this. And a stranger like myself was like, don't. And if right. you don't, it's okay. What and were the friends saying? They were, like, screaming at me to get away from her because they wanted to influence her to do it. Of course, you don't want your best friend to be embarrassed, I guess, by not doing it. But it was just weird how her friends were just so egging her out. And I actually, I worked a wedding this past weekend, and the bride was hysterically crying before, like, hyperventilating, hysterically crying. You could tell she didn't want to do it. And the mom was screaming at everyone to hurry it up and do it. So what? sometimes the people around you are, like, pushing you down the aisle, literally. Bizarre. <laughs> I was just talking about me and Lindsay just saw a psychic, Colleen, um, who is, like, the, amazing. She is, like, number one. And Crystal Reader. Crystal Reader, intuitive medium, yeah. like the bomb. We're going to have her on the podcast soon. And the first thing she said in my reading was that she's like, what's this issue around marriage and you getting married? And I was just like, I don't really want to get married right now. Like, I just don't feel like I have time. I don't feel like we have the money. Blah, blah, blah. She's like, well, why are you pushing this off? Like, why do you have such a stance against getting married? Like, have you talked to Justin about it? Maybe he wants to get married now and you are pushing it off. Basically, like, she was insinuating that, like, I'm making a decision about my wedding. Like, that's kind of negative, even though that we have everything that we would need right now to get married. 
Like, I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she's like, you guys can get married if you want. Why are you, like, pushing it off? But it's like, and I don't want to be someone that talks negatively about weddings because I feel like lately in my life I've kind of been that person that's like, oh, God, they're so dumb. You know, everyone does stuff they don't want to do, like, blah, blah, blah. Because it is annoying that, like, as a society and culture, people do things that they don't want to do. Sure. All the time. All the time. It's like... Oh, I wanted a small wedding, but I had a big wedding. I wanted it on a beach, but we had it in the church because my parents, you know what I mean? Right. It's like, why doesn't anyone just do what they want to do? That's yeah. my thing about it. It's like, why doesn't anyone do that they want to do and like do it on the timeline that they actually should do it on? Yeah. And you know, we had this conversation last night in a way. We were talking about how you could be with someone forever and not get married. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. what actually changes when you get married? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no guarantee it's not going to fall apart. Mm-hmm. And I think I was telling Adam, like, I don't know what the exact percentage is, but it's over 50% of marriages don't work. Mm-hmm. So what's the difference between getting married or just staying with someone and seeing what happens? Totally. I mean, we were joking about it. Like, either way, in the end, it's just wasting time with the person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's about how much time you waste with them until... It ends or it doesn't end. You don't know. So is marriage even a necessary thing? I mean, we live in a world where they tell you, yeah, but sometimes the benefits aren't that great. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. people do it for tax reasons or, you know, health Mm -hmm. insurance we always joke about. But you can still be with someone, have kids, and not get married. Mm -hmm. Nothing is guaranteed when you're married. Mm -hmm. It can still fall apart, which I know sounds really negative, but uh, it's true. It's so true. You still want to get married. You know, I I think if, if, like, I didn't meet the right person, you know, right now, and maybe if you're talking to me in, like, 10 more years, I'd be like, it doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. I think, I don't know, like, right now I'm so, like, back and forth on the idea, because either way, what does it change? It changes mm-hmm. absolutely, anything, it complicates mm-hmm. things financially and in the future. So I don't even, I mean, I don't know, like, if I, I don't know. There's something beautiful, though. Like, when I... And that's the thing. Like, on the flip side is, like, I yeah. go to weddings of people that I love. Mm-hmm. And I see them marry people that love them. And, like, I'm bawling the entire time. Yeah. Like, if I feel that I really feel the love for two people and it's, like, accumulated in a place where every single person loves that person and every single person is rooting for that person, there's, no, there's nothing yeah. like it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's literally nothing like it. So, like... Even though it's been turned into, like, be something that's, like, terrible. Yeah. Like, a representation of, like, materialism, consumerism, like, just, like, whatever, social media explode. There is, like, something at its core. It is, like, beautiful thing. I agree. And there is something beautiful about two people saying, okay, we're going to try this. Yeah. We're really going to try this and, you know, make that promise officially. And I think that that is, like, a really awesome thing that's like also really scary it's Mm -hmm. a very scary thing to commit to and I think that that's kind of crazy too but um it's definitely beautiful I mean I've been to a million weddings and I still find myself crying at some of them Mm -hmm. and I it's like some of them I just lose it and I'm hysterical Mm -hmm. and some of them I'm like what just happened you know and the ones where I'm hysterically crying it's just it's beautiful to see two people look at each other like that it's mm-hmm. just that simple you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. totally I'm always like Justin you better cry <laughs> I'm like you better cry he's like I will <laughs> <laughs> whatever you say he's gonna like I was like the collar gets a little tight in the face. yeah <laughs> rub his eyes with like big red right <laughs> he's like pepper sprays he's like He's currently trying to practice fake crying yeah, right now. Literally. I don't think he'll cry, but I'm like, better cry. Hey, you never know. Is that moment? Are you going to cry? 
You'll cry. I'll, I'll probably oh, cry. Oh, yeah. my God. You will cry. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. it's going to be Yours will be a amazing. lot of emotions involved, so right? Yeah. Why not? We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We don't even know. You know, uh, we, we, we joke around about it. And yes, we're more than serious than not about, you know, the kind of wedding that we would both like. And I don't know. It, there's so many circumstances involved. Mm-hmm. We were just talking about before mm-hmm. we started recording our dream weddings and stuff. And yeah, I don't know. Someone... I don't know. Guys don't have dream weddings, do they? Yeah, tell us more about your dream wedding. I <laughs> started asking these hard questions. I never thought about it, but maybe. Have you ever? No. It's like Edward Timberlake. It's what, it's, yeah. what, you know, it's, it's what you see in the movies. It's what you see on social media. It's like that perfect wedding. Like yeah. That's what pops into my head. But no, I could care less. Yeah. I, I, all I want are my friends and my family there. Mm-hmm. And I, I think my dream wedding is probably... I hate saying this right now, <laughs> but like probably like having you know such uh, uncontrollable emotions that like you're so moved by you walking down mm. the aisle like that might that's the dream scenario mm. uh, during my wedding. Okay, though this you're is going to sound so. Good. I know. I'm not <laughs> you're a dream. Do you have a brother? You're yeah, he's a single. No, he's a I showed Adam my like I I had a picture on my time hop of me trying on like my dream wedding dress five years ago. And it was on my time hop yesterday, and I showed Adam, and all he could say was, oh, like, that's it. Like, <laughs> and I was like, thank God I showed you, like, this example now before I bought the dress and walked down Is the aisle. Is it still your favorite? I mean, after sure, it had come, and I was like, mm-mm, not spending $3,500 yeah, like, on a dress, you were like, oh, like, that's not what I, like, imagined. What was it? What was the dress like? I thought it was very elegant and simple. It's like a simple white silk, like, tight-fitting dress, beautiful, very simple. And he was like, oh, I thought it would be, like, more, what did you say, like, traditional? I was like, what's your dream dress? Please don't know. (laughs) Please don't know. Like, glitter? Yeah, 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 totally. Scallop? Yeah. (laughs) Straps? But I like ones that go like this. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I mean, it was definitely um, eye-opening because uh, I thought that'd be oh, my kid. Boys don't know. You can wear it. Yeah, I don't know. It was cute. It's it was so adorable. different to see a picture than see you in it. Either well, she way, was yeah. wearing it. Oh, okay. <laughs> in the photo. In the photo. One on me. It's a picture. Okay. <laughs> it was cute, though. It was a really cute reaction. <laughs> you can do, wear do you guys it. think about, Justin talks about, like, how the pressure for guys is so big to, like, make a proposal crazy. Do you, yeah. do you worry about that? Like, getting her an amazing ring or, like, proposal stuff? Yes and no. I know it probably means more than what she leads it on to yeah. be. She says, I don't want a diamond ring. I don't want a, an extravagant proposal. Mm-hmm. But I know if I – I, I want to make it special. Mm-hmm. So that almost adds more pressure on me to find a way to make it super special without the big fireworks and the magic ring. Um, so yes, there's a lot of pressure on, on doing something. Um, guys. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it, it's so silly, but you know, she's going to be asked, uh, how, how did Adam do it? Yeah. And part of me feels that pressure. Like totally. I want her to say something really cool you about could, how I but did it. I, I mean, I don't know. I think it's really less about how you do it and just, you know, I don't think that matters. Like I, I know this is so bad I'm calling people out, but this guy proposed to this girl like on a Times Square billboard, like the most like gaudy thing in the universe. Totally. And like, 
Come on. So, so for the rest of her life, she can say yeah. he proposed on a Times Square billboard. Yeah, some people like but that. But that's like, why do you need that story? I don't know. I know what you mean. You know, but then some people just were like, hey, you want to get married? And that's also like totally. a story. So I don't even think it's more like about the story. It's more just about a meaningful thing. And if it was a Times Square billboard, I think I'd be like, oh my God. Like, yeah, same. There's a million tourists, like, you know? Yeah, like, now what? Yeah. <laughs> that's just, I think it's like, yeah. a, and he probably spent like, what is it, like 20000 You know, it's a sure. lot of, like, think about how much that would cost. Whoa. And it flashes on for, like, 10 seconds, mm. you know? Yeah. It's on for a whole hour. You think? Yeah, I talked to him about it. Wait. Yeah. No, it flashed on the which, screen for a whole hour. It was on the screen for a wait, whole hour. This is a, wait, this is a different friend. This is my friend. Oh, yeah. Who's your friend? You had a friend that did that, too? Yeah. Oh, no, this is my friend from it's Florida. It's not really original. Oh, yeah. No. That's not, <laughs> wait, it was on for a whole hour? Do you know how much it costs? No. Can you ask? Yeah. <laughs> Does that change anything? No, no, no. I just want to know because I think it's I think it's like semi crazy. No, it's not. I rather I rather you like you said poo poo twice. It's like your new thing. I'm just trying not to curse on the podcast. It's true. I gotta keep a clean image. This is my first podcast ever. You know. Yeah. If Colleen's listening, I want to keep it tight. No cursing. Right. Exactly. Wait, I want to talk about like um. You guys said something about supporting each other, and I want to talk about especially for you as a creative, like the difference in lifestyles and the difference in levels of support and kind of. Like, I want to explore that because I feel like when you're a creative person and you're working on your own and you're working, like, mainly independently, I think it's really challenging to, like, always be motivated and not compare. And, mm-hmm. and like, in the normal world, quote-unquote, or whatever, corporate world, I find it less tempting to, to compare myself because yeah. I guess, like, I'm not using social media as an outlet to, like, yeah. So, like, maybe the social media aspect of it changes it. So, like, I'm sitting, if I'm doing blogging, I'm sitting in my world and I'm like, what should I write about? And I write about it and then I look at other blogs to compare or whatever. And so it gets, like, really disheartening when you're doing it all on your own. Yeah. So, like, for you as a creative, what's that like? And then, like, what's the support like that you give? I think, like, I've always been the kind of person who likes to do all my work and not show anybody, you know? And I I hold so much inside and I think... A lot of what I've had to learn is like share and talk about things and, you know, show things to Adam and and get his feedback. And I think that's been super helpful when you are trusting someone who you value their opinion, Mm. um, who's smarter than you. I think it's really helpful to invite somebody into your creative process in your world. And um, I think it will be interesting for me, like if I ever get the opportunity to write another book, because that's a very isolating process. Like you are sitting by yourself for 12 hours a day writing um I I really wonder what that process will be like if I have you know someone like Adam by my side to share that with because while it's isolating it could be an opportunity to share you know writing in the middle of the process and get feedback and I've never invited anybody into that world Mm -hmm. it's always been my private my private world and it still is private in so many ways. She did this forever on her own, and she knows how to kick ass, kick butt, and do it. <laughs> 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 yeah, that was it. a lot. Of yeah. <laughs> um, she's really good at, at getting things done herself. Um, she could continue to do that on her own, and she doesn't open up with me all that much. But when she does, I know that she really means it. So when she does ask for help, which is almost never, but when she does, I'll try and drop everything that I'm doing to to be there for her because I know it it really means a lot. And when she's uh, interested in sharing a, a story about her day or what she's doing or an article that she's writing about, 
I'll listen. I don't get to hear about it all that much. So when I do get to, I get excited. But I think that's part of the support side um, to, to, you know, be there for those moments where, you know, she drops her uh, independency and, and starts to depend a little on um, on me. But yeah, I have which issues is almost with that. never. But I went to a therapist three times last year and then I ghosted her. Like I totally stopped responding to her text messages and never made another appointment. <laughs> but one of the things she mentioned is that I don't share things with people. Um, and it was like so cute of her to try to figure out why that is. But I used to like, if people were like, how was your day? What did you do today? And if I had like the best day ever, I'd be like, oh, it was fine. Like nothing happened. So I have like really big issues sharing things. But one thing that I liked about being with Adam was I kind of let that guard down and I was finally able to be like, blah, 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 blah. Here's like the million things I did today, which was really cool. It was really hard for me to be able to do that. Like even Mm -hmm. I have my own friends, they'll say like, how's your day? And I'll be like, it was fine. Meanwhile, I did like 17 things and all these things happened. So um, I think it's, you know, when you're creative, you're really in your head a lot. Uh, and your your mind is spinning in like a thousand circles, so it's really hard to invite somebody to spin with you. But when you find someone who can keep up and really do that, it's kind of cool, but also scary. It's terrifying to let people into this this world. What is your support system like on the female end? Like we talk a lot about like supporting each other, kind of having this like tribe of women around us, or we're trying to cultivate it, like. Did you always have that? Do you not have it? Like, do you lean on them? Have they been critical of this whole process? Are you, like, afraid to, like, what you said before, like, not telling them that you accomplished, like, 17 things in a day? Like, are you, do you kind of just keep it to yourself because you don't want to, like, make them feel like they didn't? Yeah, it's been been really interesting. Like, one person that's been there forever for me is my roommate, and maybe that's because she doesn't have a choice. We share space (laughs) together, but... For the past five years, um, it's almost been very easy to tell her every detail of my life. Mm. I never had that before. Um, so, when, you know, in that case, she hears everything. And um, she's so laid back. And the way she talks to me is just very open and funny. And, um, you know, I, could, I don't think I would have survived the past five years in New York without her. And then I have two really close friends who call me out on that BS. So if I'm like, yeah, everything's great. They're like, okay, tell me how things really are. So I have two friends who have really learned how to speak to me because they know I, I work overtime to push people away sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I've have, I have two close friends who really call me out on that. And um, because of that, I've been more open about sharing, you know, the good, the bad and everything with them. But it's definitely been a hard process. I think that I do a great job of pushing people away um, because I don't know how to communicate success or failure or anything like that. So um, I think I'm definitely, thanks, thanks to those three sessions with that therapist I ghosted, I'm definitely <laughs> working on, uh, on letting people in. Which, is, yeah, as far as support too, it's calling her out on those moments when she is doing that, when mm-hmm. she is pushing people off and, uh, you know, testing her to open up because I think it's something that's helped you yeah. in so many ways. Mm-hmm. It has. It's really, um... It's been cool. I mean, I God bless my roommate who didn't really have a choice but to hear every, you know, she hears me vent about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so to have that one female support system who you know is not going to judge you. And you know, when I started Brising for Hire, there were people who were critical, acquaintances, friends from my past. I remember one girl was like, this is like so stupid what you're doing and like you're never going to do this full time. And um, you know, there was definitely a lot of women who were putting me down and were telling me that this is just crazy. 
Um, and that was kind of alarming to me that there was people who didn't support, you know, a crazy idea. Why not? Why not dream crazy? If someone mm-hmm. came to me with the most crazy business idea, I'd be like, high five, try it out, see what mm-hmm. happens. Let me know how I can help you. Not why the heck are you doing this, mm-hmm. you know? So I think if you find those girls or those women who really support you and know how to talk to you and call you out on your BS, you really have to hold on tightly to them. Mm-hmm. Really, really ha- tightly. Mm-hmm. And apologize. Like, I push people away all the time, but now I know when I'm like, listen, I'm sorry I did that. Or I found ways to kind of uh, let them know that I hear them and I'm working on it. So no one's perfect. And sometimes your friends just need a reminder that you're you know, trying it really hard. I love that. I never talk about that. I don't think I've ever talked about that with anybody except the therapist I go to three times. We're like the therapist. Yeah. yeah. This is a great question. It's a little bit like that. <laughs> I find that challenging too to like let people in because it's yeah. like then I owe them something mm. and like I feel like it's like yeah. I feel like if like I let you in then like I need to then like I need to I don't know like it's I don't feel like I have the energy to let anyone in. I agree. It's exhausting. You then know you need what I to mean? update them and like <laughs> Yes, and then they care about me and <laughs> like, God damn it. <laughs> what did I do? Yes. But then it's like if something doesn't happen, like you're really excited about something and then it doesn't happen, my fear is having to tell them, Oh man, I didn't get that or it didn't happen. Like I like totally. to internalize it where if I don't get it, no one else has to know mm-hmm. I tried. Uh, which is so bad and unhealthy. Um, but yeah, it is exhausting letting people into your to yes. your life. It's almost easier to push everybody outside and it just is. live in your own world. 100%. Is it a feeling of being vulnerable for you? I think it's like just, it's the energy thing. Like I don't, if I tell someone like what's really going on in my head, then like I have to like, then they have something of me and mm-hmm. I feel like I don't have anything to give. Yeah. Like I feel like I don't have anything mm-hmm. I just feel like I can't handle any more people caring about me. Not that people care about me. I don't know. I just feel like I just, I don't know. I I totally get it. I think a lot of people will understand that feeling. I think most people do. You know, like I think when we're younger, we're like, we want a million friends. Like we want 55 people at our birthday. But then when we're like close to 30, we're like, we're really happy if we just have three people we can talk to. Yeah. You know, we don't want like the million people and our lives on Facebook and all that are just really airbrushed and perfect. But very few people really ask you, like, how you're doing. They don't Mm. care at that level, you know? Like, I always joke, like, I can't remember the last time I saw someone who was like, how are you doing? And not, oh, my God, I saw this on Facebook. I think Mm. we all know that who we are on Facebook and, you know, most of our social media is not who we are 100% of the time. Mm. We have our bad stuff going on, but Mm. very people, no one knows that because no one asks, you know? That's so true. I had yesterday, actually, I was, like, having kind of, like, just, like, a, I was on front vacation, and then, like, the holidays were kind of hard for my family, and it was, like, um, I was just feeling kind of low to be back and, like, be back in the swing, and I texted my, one of my friends, and I was, like, I'm just feeling, like, pretty low, and it's, like, a friend from a long time ago, so, like, they, we say whatever we want to each other, but she's, like, oh, I'm surprised to hear you say that because I saw, like, on your Instagram that you're so excited about 2017. Yeah. And I was just like, are you holding that against me? Yeah. Like, that was four days ago. And like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. Right. And, and I was like, wait, you're... And you know, like, my Instagram is... Same. ...connected to my blog, like, which is, like, something I uphold. It's a brand. Gonna, like... Same. Yeah. I was like, what does that even mean? Like, don't you know social media... Like, not that my social media is not fake. Like, yeah. I say when I'm happy, I say when I'm sad. But I was just like, I didn't even know that you 
thought that was me. Right. It's a piece of you. Like, it's a tiny fraction of your day. And plus, you could be feeling like that at 9 a.m., but by 6 p.m., you could have a total mood change. 100%. Who doesn't have that happen, you know? So... That's why people don't know anything about anybody anymore. So yeah. we think we see their social media and we we're like, that we know. that's what Krista does all day long. Yeah. But really, like, you have your own struggles and no one asks about it, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that, that that makes it really hard to, to connect with people in this day and age. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. How did you, um, like, this time of year, how did you feel, like, kind of wrapping up 2016 mm-hmm. and heading into the new year? I think 2016 was an extremely rough year. I think most people can agree. Um, I personally had probably the hardest year of my entire life. And I mm-hmm. think coming into 2017, instead of making resolutions, I was just kind of hoping things just stay like the same, you know, mm-hmm. like I think a lot of people go into a new year and they're like, I want to change. I want to be a better version of myself, but maybe we're all just fine the way we are. Like maybe we all just mm-hmm. need to chill and mm-hmm. stop working and to change ourselves and just appreciate what we have because, um, I don't know, like we're always working so hard to be better people and we're, we're not appreciating what we have currently in the moment until it's lost. And I think when it's lost, then we're like, wow, we had it pretty good. Mm. Um, I think we all want to be healthier and happier, but those are just, you know, far-reaching goals that I don't think we need to write down on paper and execute. I think we should just enjoy what we have. And that's how I kind of felt at the end of last year. Like I'm walking into a new year with no resolutions except to just be more grateful that I wake up in the morning, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's I a gift that, so much. that no one's really thankful for mm-hmm. and resolves to appreciate more really. Mm-hmm. So. I know one guy who's thankful to wake up every morning. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Me! Yeah. He loves life. My number one grateful dude. <laughs> Good. Good. I got to share uh, Christmas with Jennifer for the first time. My first Christmas. Oh my yeah. God, how was that? She got a so stocking cool. at the house. Oh she my helped God. my mom. Oh my God. Uh, yes. Yeah, on the Christmas what tree. Dream. I know. It was really cool. Yeah, we lit the, and we still did the Hanukkah candles mm. too. So we had a. Uh, it was best amazing. Of everything. Is your family like. 50 50. Cool. Yeah, mom's Catholic, dad's Jewish. We celebrate both. Love that. Yeah, we get. Uh, I got all the presents growing up. Yeah. You Still do. Eight and then on Christmas? No, it was one big Hanukkah gift oh. and then Christmas was like the big shebang. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mom wanted to make sure that we loved Christmas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's like, I'm going to show you. Yeah. She's She's so so good for <laughs> better for Christmas. She made me love Christmas more than Hanukkah. She really did a good job. Oh my God, I love that. There's nothing better than the stockings. I like, know. Gifts wrapped under the Christmas tree. It was amazing. Mom making waffles and pancakes and fun. eggs. <laughs> yeah. Bacon. Um, as a last thing, so like what's one thing people can look forward to reading about in your book? Um, I think they can look forward to reading about um a lot of things I've grown up from throughout my life. I think people are like, oh, it's a book about horror stories of weddings, but it's really a book about things I've learned from preschool to now. A lot of that was um, stories about being bullied in middle school to um, being bullied in love to dealing with bullies at weddings. I think it's a, it's a really, um, it's, it's a book that encompasses a lot of pieces of my personal life and journey that I haven't had the courage to ever share before. And it's really, uh, you know, a story that'll tell you everything you need to know about 
how I got to where I am now. And, and a lot of that's, you know, messy, ugly, and also really beautiful. So I think it'll be a shocker for most people because they think it's about bad weddings, but really it's about, um, you know, a journey of a girl who had no idea what to do with her life and ended up as a professional bridesmaid. So you never know where life's going to take you, just like this that. book. And where can people connect like with you? Uh, people can find me at at Jen Glance on all the social media places, and they can buy the book, pre-order it at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all yeah, those it's places. Yeah, on Amazon. Yeah, Amazon, wow. and the book is called Always a Bridesmaid for Hire. Looking so good on the cover. Thank you. I know it's so Photoshop, so stunning. I know it's my life. Gotta be honest. Uh, wait, are you gonna come to LA for the book tour? I hope so. That would be so okay. cool. Okay. Yeah. See, ask. Come back. Colleen and yeah. Oh, yeah. Dad about. <laughs> <laughs> Tell her, yeah. Hook it up and a flight out here as well. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Best parents ever. Parents. All right. We love you guys. Thanks for we'll having us. We'll see you soon. We love you, Jen. We love you, Adam. How was your first podcast ever, Ads? I love it. Oh one my more. god! No. I'm obsessed. We should do one when you're a life coach. I'm gonna cry. That's yes. it. Yeah. I don't. I'm not planning on becoming a life coach. Oh my god! You should. But first, they just put it out no, there. No, you are. Are you kidding? Like he's number one. Where can they no. find you, guys? I tried. I tried <laughs> oh, to hire you. I tried no, to hire you like two years ago. Yeah. I literally was like, "Will you be my life coach?" Yes. Adam, you're never ready. Do it. That's it. No. Good. Let's wrap this one up. This is <laughs> going right. on way too All right, on next week, Adam's coming on. Yeah. Adam, the life coach. <laughs> Love y'all. Bye. There's no one else here around me. Sinking my feet in the sand.